Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. It's a lot. What is? The rest of the world can't say the ugly thing, but we have to. You're not just my smart, successful brother, Randall. You're my black, smart, successful brother. And I think maybe I did resent that. And maybe I thought you getting special treatment was mixed up with with you being black. And I wanted to take you down a notch. And I, I overlooked things that I shouldn't have. I took shots at you that I shouldn't have taken. And I was more jealous of you than I should have been. I mean, hey, look, I, I'm pretty successful myself, right? Well, not everybody's got Bobby D on speed, though. <laughs> From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to This Is Us 2. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC. So sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. And welcome, my name's Mary Larson My name's Blake, and I wish I could just produce one single tear The way that Sterling K. Brown does I know Who, all right, who, who has the better single tear? Sterling K. Brown or Sam Hewen? Ooh, oh my gosh You are getting like two masters, two true kings Kings of the, the single tear In the single tear You know, I'm going to have to have a tear off <laughs> like a side-by-side video compilation. Compilation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you for making that. You know, I got you. Okay, I, I take care. We'll of have you. we'll have a tear off. What do you guys think? Those of you listening live, let us know who do you think has a better single tear, Sam Hewen or Sterling? We got Brown. some outland in there. It's saying uh, saying Sam. Did a far I don't know, ladies. <laughs> I don't know. Sterling K. Brown is a he's a master. He's so a master. Sam. 
Uh, I don't know yet. I don't. I don't know yet. How do you do that? How do you say like, okay, right eye, this is your moment? <laughs> do you just, tilt your head you t- just a little bit so all the liquid just goes to the right eye, and then the director's like, go, and you you snap it straight up, and then it goes down right outside the outside. Hey, listen. All- what if you can't cry? Do you get like someone to do a little dropper of water for you? That's a good point. Like, do they fill it purposely and just wait for that moment? Yeah. Do they t- 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 put their head back like they're looking at the ceiling, fill it up with some water, and then they put their face down and they look sad? <laughs> I don't know. All I'm going to say is scoreboard. How many Emmys does Sterling K. Brown have and how many Emmys does Sam Hewen have? I'm just going to throw that out there. Scoreboard. You hmm. are what your record says you are. Hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but anyway. Oh, come on now. So, you know, this episode was fantastic. I'm just going to lay it out there already. This one was so good, even though Blake and I were continually interrupted by our children, which Ugh. often makes our viewing of This Is Us difficult, you know, yes. it just breaks up the experience. But this one could withstand the annoyances of a five and eight year old. Mama, mama, daddy, daddy, I can't sleep. I just made a game. I just wrote a book. I just did this. I just, okay, go upstairs. You're fine. You're fine. But, Leave us alone. You know, I'm, it just, in addition to the, the sibling stuff, which I have had many a blowout with my brother, who I am drastically different from, not, not race wise, but in beliefs and in the way that we run our lives. Like, you could not get more different than my brother and myself. But this episode um, made me sit and reflect in my whiteness. Oh, okay. And, you know, um, I didn't understand affirmative action. I had one boy with dark skin um, in high school one I'm pretty sure that we didn't have anyone with brown or black skin who was female Um, and you know I didn't really think about that too much I just figured like oh we're from New England or from Rhode Island or something like that so I never really got to have black friends I just never did growing up just because they weren't my classmates they weren't my peers and then I went to college and um even still as a music major I didn't have any black classmates Mm -hmm. in my small program so here I was once again um you know just this cisgendered white woman from Rhode Island who was still just amongst her peers and it wasn't until I became an RA and I actually was a summer RA uh, for most of the summers that I was at the University of Rhode Island and I was RA for the football and the basketball teams which were predominantly uh, black men and I got to know them a lot better and I also got to understand a program that they had at at our college called talent development and the way that talent development was explained to me was people who are minorities get to go to college essentially for free because of what happened in history and it was explained so poorly to me Uh and I worked so hard in high school you know and I ended up getting a free ride I ended up getting a, a full tuition I didn't have to pay for my tuition or anything like that and the way that this talent development program was explained to me upset me so much at first because I was like what do you mean like 
They just get to come here for free? I, do, I don't understand. I don't understand why why they just get to have this special treatment mm-hmm. if they didn't necessarily have the same grades as me or they didn't have the same, you know, um, extracurricular activities as I did. And it wasn't until I was the RA for for these gentlemen. And then later on, I got to meet um, through other activities, through being an RA, through being an orientation leader, through being other like leadership positions. I got to meet other members of just different communities than myself. I got to have, you know, friends from the LGBT community. I got to have uh, friends from all different nationalities and, and minorities. And I got to just learn so much more about, uh, about them, about, about why they needed sometimes programs like talent development. And then I had to speak with my professors because I also realized that it wasn't my friend's job to explain their, you know, it wasn't their job to explain this to me. And it's kind of led me on this lifelong quest to always be open and yet be cognizant of the fact that my black friends don't need to explain the current situations in the climate to me that really I, I can, and I can always reach out. And I think especially after the past year that we've had, you know, it's particularly important for, for our friends in the black and brown communities to know that we're here for them in several ways, but it also is upon me as a, heterosexual middle-class white woman to need to do my part and to understand things a bit more from other perspectives. And I just really appreciated this show because um, Kevin either eventually sees or he, and he, and he always kind of knew, he always knew that he had this underneath him where he's like, I just didn't like that you were special in some ways and I wasn't. And I remembered that feeling when it was poorly explained to me in my college university area. And I'm just so thankful that I did seek um, clarification and I did put in the work to understand it. And I personally believe that it is my job as a white woman to do the work. And it is my job to continue to do that work with my kids. Um, And so that's something that, you know, whether or not they have children who look like them or are different than looking them them in their school, I want them to understand and appreciate how our society has been for all these hundreds of years and and to love everybody equally. So it's just it was a it was an honest reflection. um, And it was just an interesting thing to say, like, I I felt that and I felt the awkwardness and I felt bad. Um, And I know that I'm not alone in Mm. that. So and that's okay. But it is it's it's our jobs to research and work through it and to, you know. Yeah. So I don't know if that was like the most tied up with a bow story. It doesn't have to be. I I think one of the things that is really important to this discussion that we're going to have today is that we know I know I can speak for Mary uh, when I'm saying this. We know that this is a very charged episode, like in in terms of its um, content and what is being explored. And I I just have to say this. If we're going to have the best, most honest conversation that I think we can have about this episode, and if anything ever comes off inappropriate in any way, please know that – we, this is nothing but love. This is nothing but a loving environment. And I, I will admit if I say something wrong or if I do something wrong or if it comes off the wrong way, 
hand up, man. I I'll, I I'm, I mess things up. I say the wrong thing. I know I can speak for Mary too that she says the wrong thing sometimes or whatever. But just know that no matter where the conversation goes, it it all comes from a place of love and community, loving this show, experiencing this show together, and feeling the 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 awkward and warm and cold, happy and ugly feelings that this episode gave us. Um, this came from a place like. I was super awkward in this episode uh, for just cause it's, it's such a tense and hard conversation to be had. And it was very cold at times, but then there are moments when I find myself crying when, when Randall's saying to, to Kevin, your dad loves you. Like da- dad loved you. He's not ashamed of you. And like, those are those things that come from this episode that make us all better as a community. Right. Um, I really feel like this episode caught a lot of real sentiment, I think, in in the world that we're in today. There's no right answer. There's no one clear, okay, A to B. There, there just isn't. Uh, and because of that, th- it's hard to talk about it. Yeah. So It's not just a brotherly disagreement, which are hard enough to begin with, you know? For those of you who've had, like, full-out sibling issues – there is an entirely different level to this conversation right. and it is the race issue. And I just think that it, it's a brilliant episode. We're going to get into yeah. it because it is so brilliant, but thank you Blake for, for laying that down. Yeah, you're welcome. So I want to remind you guys that you can find us on all the social media outlets. That right there. So then that has to change. Okay. Uh, you folks, friends. Okay. All everybody, you can find us on the social media all of the platforms, whether it is Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, whatever, you can find us there. Just search Mary and Blake. And all of the episodes for This Is Us and all the other podcasts, you can be found on YouTube or maryandblake.com. And another place that you need to absolutely go to nerd out about all things This Is Us or pretty much whatever you want to talk about, it's the Mary and Blake Facebook group. Don't miss out on that because it's a special place for all you nerds you don't want to miss it it's just a great place it's literally like the cavern in the goonies when they're like it's our time it's our time down here (laughs) that's what the mary and blake facebook group is (laughs) (laughs) all right you ready to get into the show marvin i sure am let's do it Well, this titled episode was Brotherly Love, episode Mm -hmm. 513 of This Is Us. Brotherly Love, of course, we're talking about the love shared between two brothers, Kevin and Randall, but also it's taking place in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. So, Why is it called the city of brotherly love? Don't know. If any of you Philadelphia people out there are, are listening, let us know. I gotta tell you, the Philadelphia wedding thing with the cookies, still to this day, one of my favorite things. What? The wedding thing with with, Oh, oh, yeah. Or it's Pittsburgh. It's not Philly. It's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, that's Pittsburgh. All all the cookies. All the cookies at weddings. Uh, The director. Oh, the director. It's my girl Kay. It's my girl Kay. Okay. By the way, get your K Magic shirt at the Marion Blake store. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing uh, it. Just throwing it. Uh, she has actually directed an episode of This Is Us before, 
and it was Birth Mother, that episode as well. So the writer was John Dorsey. John Dorsey only has two credits for This Is Us. Uh, a relatively new writer in, in the game. Uh, the last credit that he had was A Hell of a Week Part 1, and he has served as a staff writer and has graduated this season to a story editor oh for the gosh, staff. Oh my gosh, I already mixed up staff writer, story editor. Staff writer is like a nameless, faceless person that just is kind of there to help. Oh my God, those poor thing. They don't get credits for nothing, they're just there. Okay. When you get when you get to be a story editor, that that's like the next rung up. That's when you when you're like you've been in the business now for like a couple of years, maybe th- two or three years. You've made a name for yourself. People, you're on the right track, going to be a fully credited writer, and then even a, a, a co-producer or an executive producer, so hmm. or just a producer. So uh, that is the rung. That is the ladder upon which they have to climb to get to the next level. So. We got some Philadelphia explanation going on there. Okay, what is it? Um, Rachel says, Dwight Schrute says, Philadelphia, from the Greek word philia, to love, and Adolf, the city that loves Adolf. <laughs> but Angela Hickey does say, philio is brotherly love in Greek. Um, thank you for that office reference, Rachel. Love it. There we go. Um, but yeah, okay, cool. All right, brotherly. But uh, I wonder why they would have typed, like, did brothers found it? I don't even know. Hey, my sister Sissy is watching, and she's saying that the uh, her, the favorite song is Whitney, and uh, it's my mom's favorite song. So, sis- I had Delilah play that song. Did- Delilah. Did you really? Yeah, man. I used to call Delilah and cry. <laughs> Get out of here. No! no way. Straight up, man. You are such a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Marvin, your lemonade rating. What are you giving this episode? Five. I'm not surprised. Thank I'm you. surprised it's actually not a five plus, to be honest, the way that you reacted to it. Um, You're still chewing into the mic. It can go five plus. You're chewing It'll be into plus. the mic on a live podcast. <laughs> oh, I love you. Very much. Just call me our friend from Outlander. What's his name? What do you mean? The guy that we interviewed and he was just eating spaghetti the whole time. <laughs> no, it was Chinese food. Yeah. Scott Kyle. Scott Kyle. Just call me Scott Kyle. Oh, man. That's a that's a deep Marion Blake reference right there. Did a fire sauce and I. Oh, man. And this that like, was amazingly funny. fun interview and he's just. <laughs> you can hear the plate and the fork. <laughs> Or when we interviewed Liv Tyler, we're like, hey, Liv, how are you? Oh, good. Just just put my dishes away in my dishwasher. and Making lemonade. Can I have a little lemonade? I hope you don't mind. And we're like, <laughs> no. of course you're making lemonade. You're Liv Tyler. You can do anything you want. Did you like hand pick your lemons from your lemon tree? Like, <laughs> Anyway, five plus. Let's uh, go for it. Okay. All right. Uh, for me, I'm giving it a four nine. I really, 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 really quite. No, like I really this feel episode. like this is a five. I'll give you. It has to be a five for no, me. No, I'm giving it a four nine. No, I'm saying it's a five for me. Oh, it's not. not it's not plus. a five plus. No. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, the thing that I like about this episode, it, it, it's it's the way that it's shot. We'll get into that. But I think the 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 main thrust of this episode is that Kevin is wrong, but he's not right either he, he's not wrong but he's not right and the same thing with randall like kev he knows that kevin is wrong but randall doesn't even know what he wants either he's so he, he they just need to have a, a an organic conversation and do what they finally did which is come to a conclusion 
together as brothers. And because of that, you can't say that Randall is clearly 100% right. Everything that he does and says is right. And you can't say that everything Kevin does is 100% wrong and clearly wrong. It starts off ways and it ends certain ways, but there's a transition between both. It's, it's an actual conversation between both. And I really like that. It, it, it could, because this episode could have gone many different ways. Yes. And I think it threaded the needle in a like a very a needle is so hard, very thin red line. This episode walked, and it walked it. I think very well. So that's okay. why I'm giving it a four nine. Have you ever threaded a needle? Yeah, I threaded a needle. Oh, didn't you like break my needle threading tool? Probably. I don't know. I think you did. <laughs> All right, time for our GBGs friends who are watching us live. We'd love to know you're good, you're bad, and you're great. My good is I love me some Mister Rogers. Really. That's your good? Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I love Mr. Rogers so much. I I pretty much belong in the Pearson family, okay? They like the same things that I like. I like peanut butter and jelly. I like pizza. <laughs> sure, all the things. All of it, please. I like going to the pool, and I loved Mr. Rogers so much. And when the little puppet with Mr. Rogers below yeah. was just like listening. Yeah. Oh, oh! It touched my heart. Touched my heart, little Daniel Tiger. Oh. Okay, my bad. Okay. How did I miss that? Kevin got a Golden Globe nomination. You didn't. Um, that was um, this revealed needs, today. Like that should have been a, a bigger deal. Okay, and this is why it's not a five plus, and this for like other reasons too. Sure. But like, what? You just you just throw that in there like oh I, I got a Golden Globe nomination for that what <laughs> when we're just dropping this now <laughs> unless he said it sarcastically I don't think he did I don't think he did either which makes me more upset I think this is that's a hundred percent real like <sighs> yeah, I actually got a Golden Globe nomination for how that, was but, you this know, whatever, not included in the plot at some point <laughs> spending too much time on who are they. <laughs> and my great is I love when families can make up during a hard hard discussion um, I'm doing a lot of personal leadership development right now and a lot of what I'm focusing on right now is having conversations with teammates yep. and relating it a lot to your, your friendships and your family members and stuff and yeah people when I tell people I'm a Taurus and they don't like know me too well. So you guys get the inside scoop because I like tell you a lot of little secret stories. But when people meet from the outside, they're like, Mary, she's so optimistic and she's so friendly and easygoing. And I'm like, that's because you've never disagreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> about but, something that you're passionate about. Yes, yes, yes. I am not like a stickler about many a thing. But the things that I am a stickler in, uh, I frequently disagree with with my brother. Mm-hmm. And we have had some blowouts. Blake has sadly had to be like next yes. to me when we've had some of them. And there are no fights, like sibling fights, my friends. And I'm just kind of like, I'm trying to whistle past the graveyard and the, like the best way. And Mary just digs her heels in. Because no one can cut you emotionally like a sibling can. I agree. It, that's 100% you know true. know each other's weaknesses. Yes. The Achilles heels. The, the, the kryptonite, if you will. Yes. Yes. But then your makeups have so um you got you got time on your side when it comes to the makeups you know yeah so i just love when families can make up okay fair enough i i agree 
Too bad my family doesn't prescribe to that. <laughs> it, you know, it was a really odd thing when Blake and I got together and, you know, he has some difficulties in his family that, you know, are unique to his family, as we all do. And I was like, listen, man, you just got to hash it out. You just got to get together and say, we're having a discussion day. Pretty much pull a Kevin. Yes. I'm coming over. We're doing it. And we're doing it. And I did do that. We're just going to like be honest and lay it out on the table. And poor Blake has done this at least twice due to my advice. Three times. Three times at least. And none of them worked out. Not, and the last one, the last one was the worst one. Sorry for that advice. Hey, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, it, 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 you know, you, here, here's what it, here's what it comes down to. And I know for all of you people that have had arguments with your family or your parents or whatever, like it, in, in, in my case, in this particular case, it was my dad. You know, I sent him an email saying, listen, our relationship is broken and I love you. And this, this message comes from love and I want to fix our relationship. But these, this is the poison and the poison needs to be taken out in order for us to fix this relationship. I like to refer to it as an infection. Sure, this is the infection, sure. And you have to clean the pus out. You got to get some some maggots in that, okay? To eat up the infection. Right. Yeah, and and I was like, okay, the the X Y and Z things is the infection. This is what I want to do because I love you to yeah. fix X Y and Z. Will you do that with me? And um, my family is not one to talk about this stuff and not, and they're not one to, it's just like that old Irish Catholic guilt type deal. And then you deal. get to meet me. And then it's Mary giving me this advice and I do it. And the, here's the thing, <laughs> all these years I did one thing. I did, I did something, right? And I did, I did the way that my family has done it forever, which is not talk about it and just pretend like there's nothing there. Brush it under the carpet. And, and you know what? It worked. We all had a relationship and they weren't great, but they, we had relationships and uh, actually my sister Shannon and I have a great relationship and but because we're actually honest with each other um, and she's watching us right now. Um, but, you know, I figured let's do something different and I took the Kevin approach. I took the Mary approach. Let's talk. And it ended up being really bad. So that is what it is. Okay. The good for me in this episode, ladies and gents, um, Here's what it comes down to. This episode is not a nice little tight, neat little bow. The same way that the last episode didn't end in a nice little tight, neat little bow. Yes, perhaps there is an avenue now between uh, Kevin and Randall. And there is a, a workable relationship now because of this great conversation. But not all is solved. The fact of the matter still is that Randall did manipulate his mother, and it was touched upon in this conversation. There was hardly any resolution to that notion. There was hardly any resolution to the larger things between Kate and Randall, or even Randall and Rebecca. They're, they're, this, isn't, this isn't done. I like that. I like that it's not just, okay, yay, we're all set now, brother. It's like They're starting to clean out the infection, but don't leave this episode thinking, all is well, wound is healed. Yeah, no, because it's not. It's absolutely not. You have to go through that healing itchy period. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> itchy period sucks. Itchy period's the worst. Or like, 
is it infected or is that a good goop? <laughs> is that the healing goop? Oh my gosh. Now, for those of you who haven't had major cuts in a while, now the new thing that doctors and nurses like is like wet healing. Uh. So they don't want, you know how you know how growing up they'd be like, take the Band-Aid off and let it dry at night. Yeah. They're not into that now. Oh, okay. This is a new thing? This is a new thing. Okay. They like want you to like seal it up in like a sealing kind of Band-Aid. And just let it stay goop. Oh, good. Right? Thank God I'm not a nurse. Nope. Dry it out, baby. Dry it out. All right. The bad for me was that the, <laughs> the lady coming out and saying Kevin's movie with Stallone sucked. And I know it has nothing to do with the episode necessarily. It's just like, who who are you, lady? Get out of it. This guy, he's the man. He man, he say what? Like well, People are reminding us that Kevin took her back into a ceremony. Or was that opening? No, he that took was her the to world the world premiere. Yeah, he took her to the world premiere. He took her to the world premiere. And then so, he took her to the Met. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. But not a gold, Golden Globe nom. No, no. It wasn't a, like a, yeah. an awards ceremony. I don't think. I think it was the world premiere of the film, that's to my knowledge. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. No, it was not. Cause it was only revealed that he got a Golden Globe nomination okay. in this episode. Okay. Um, great lady. Sure. But hey, lady, go get your shine box. Seriously. Don't go telling this guy that his movie was Sylvester Stallone that he got Golden Globe nominated for. It sucks. Doesn't suck. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's all that out there. I haven't seen it. Don't know, but unsolicited sure it's good. advice. Not great. <laughs> don't give me unsolicited advice. No. And of course, my great, my great as always. And I will always love you. Oh, it's so my girl Kay. Good. Kay, the director for this episode, was spectacular, particularly between the Randall and Kevin conversation uh, in the current storyline. She kept the camera moving. The subjects, the uh, Kevin and Randall, kept moving. The scenery behind them kept moving. And notice the visual unease between them. Not just them looking at each other being upset, but walking in front of each other talking to each other while they're not looking at each other. Uh, Different heights, uh, Randall being up on the stairs, Kevin being down on the ground. There are all these different visual cues to give you the sense of unease in this conversation that that go beyond just words or looks. It's how these things are blocked. And it, there's nothing flashy in her direction for the for the current time conversation, unlike the flashbacks, by the way. The flashbacks were bathed in light, and they were very, very uniquely shot. But in this conversation, it's movement and the visual basics, especially when they go outside, they're, they're in front of a locked door. Uh Right? They're standing, and the door is standing between the two brothers. They are separated visually by a locked door. It's like, you get all this deep stuff that I'm just like thinking to myself, <laughs> oh man, I've hated being locked out. That's happened to me three times. <laughs> Not only that, they sit on opposite ends of the stoop. It's happened so many times that we don't even have a key. We just have the pad now. We have the pad because we lock ourselves out. Continue. And um, the, the they are surrounded by a bustling, moving city, which is known as the city of brotherly love. It is, it's, it is a visual cue that is Excellent. Uh, and keeping this conversation moving in many different ways, whether it is the camera, the, the people, the scene, all of it moving is what keeps the dynamic interesting in the conversation. Um, and the, the, the drama and the creativity, even though it is relatively basic, 
the drama and the creativity is is centered on the brothers, not how it's shot, not how it's uh, manipulated, but the drama between the two, keeping it centered on them. Love how that was done. All right, Mav, are you ready for your big three feedback? I sure am. Let's do it. And we said... That's three. Big three? All right, the first one comes from Tammy Weibens, Weibens Smith. Sure. Um, 4.3 Lemonades. It, sure, okay. Uh, it was a good episode. I love all the Kevin and Randall episodes, but I don't like that the writers are trying to give Randall his black family and blackness and validate the beautiful, seamless work they did with the race and the dojo scene or the connections established with Rebecca and Randall and the harmonious introductions of William into his life, culminating in one of the greatest hours of television that we've ever had in Memphis. I do not like Kevin apologizing for being his family. I do not like victory being Randall's shutting the Pearsons out. Anyway, I hope they're done with all that. At least Randall finally apologized for what he said. That is an interpretation of this episode. It is one that I think Kevin shares in the beginning of this conversation and one that I think is shared by a lot of people that maybe perhaps this season has been centered on Randall so much and there has been a lot of work done for Randall's character to bring him into this family. Um, but on the other hand, we have another uh, response here from Emily Westfall. She says, 4.7 Lemonades. I expected to be a little bit more emotional, but overall, Justin and Sterling were so believable as Kevin and Randall that I felt uncomfortable, but in a good way, watching them talk about Randall's trauma. Kevin at first apologized to Randall, and while he did seem sorry for hurting his brother, I don't think he really understood the extent to which he hurt him. Of course, if there was more time in the episode, Randall could have gone into more details about the situations in his childhood that were overlooked, such as the flashbacks, but they did a good job in working with the time they had. It was heartbreaking hearing Randall talk about his ghost kingdom and how even now his parents are the librarian and the meteorologist, except at the end, they were his birth parents. Is that a step in the right direction to him healing and truly accepting Kevin's apology? I think that what Randall really needs to hear was exactly what Kevin said at the end that he was angry because he was black, and not in a racist way. Randall wanted him to acknowledge that they are different races instead of acting like there's no difference between them because being different is not a bad thing. Ding, ding, ding. Absolutely. Price is right. So it goes to show you that the kinds of responses that you're having to this episode, um, people feel strongly. People absolutely feel strongly. And we have a, we have a voicemail. You ready to get to the voicemail? Yes. Okay. Well, Mary, Mary's gonna Mary's gonna plug herself in to our to the system here because she usually just relies on my headphones for being so loud. Yeah, Blake has some audio issues in his brain in his ear. He needs things up so high that I cannot listen to our headphones <laughs> because they blast me out and I can actually hear his sound very very well. All right. Let's uh, let's get to the voicemail. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Brittany from Pennsylvania. Hey, Brittany. I've been up all night thinking about this episode, and I can't think of a bad, so it's getting a five. Ooh. My good, that little moment with Beth, just touching mm. Randall's shoulder. I love it. Just checking in. No words necessary. Yes. Love it. Yes. My great is Mr. Rogers. Who doesn't <laughs> love Mr. Rogers? Hey, but that whole girl. scene, you know, we've the show has touched on it before that Randall is different and how Jack and Rebecca have responded but we really got to see it from both the boys' perspective more. And, you know, seeing 
his son get other Jack sort of overcompensates. You're so special. You're going to get a special seat. And in doing that is, I think, further othering Randall and also hurting Kevin unknowingly. I mean, Kevin is internalizing all of this and it's caused a lot of their issues. And I, I think it was a perfect way to see that, especially since a trip to Mr. Rogers is a memory that is something you don't forget, even right. a little yeah. kid. And my best the awkwardness this episode was so friggin' awkward i was so uncomfortable but that was the point these conversations are uncomfy even if they're with loved ones and family members i consider myself an ally to my friends of color but we've had these conversations yep. they're awkward i've been kevin but leave it to k to do it perfectly mm-hmm. that's right Brittany. thank you so much Yay! Kay does direct this episode perfectly, and John Dorsey writes this episode perfectly. We did have a comment here from Russell here on Facebook. He said that he felt that the opposite that the episode was clunky and awkward, uh, and in a way that he feels like Randall simply just gave in and threw in the towel by the end because that's the way that it felt. Would you consider Randall um, throwing in the towel in this episode? And do you think that it's awkward and whatever? Um, if, if, if it felt awkward, I think that that was part of the uncomfortableness that we were meant to feel, you know, a lot of the stuff that Blake outlined before, we're just not supposed to feel like this is smooth water territory that we are supposed to be on edge and be feeling this uncomfortableness along with Kevin and, and, um, Randall. And then in regards to Randall just throwing in the towel, no, I don't feel that way because if he did, I think he would have accepted Kevin's apologies right away. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin's apologies. I'm sorry for the X, Y, Z. And I love you. And that's why I flew out here. I think if Randall had accepted it then and not really delved into it, then I would have seen him throwing in the towel. But instead, he opened the door, laid a ton of his cards out. Not all of his cards, because like we said, this is just the beginning. And I think that by having these flashback scenes... One can interpret that these are conversations that Kevin and Randall can have tonight, that they can have this weekend, that Kevin can say, so, you know, you you say that that I did these things to you. I don't recall all of them. I don't recall any of them, honestly. Could you tell me some examples so I make sure I don't make those same mistakes again? Sure, right. So that's how I took those flashbacks. I had seen someone else that said, oh, I wish that they had, you know, had more of the conversations of Randall giving examples. But to me, that's how I felt it was. Randall remembers these examples and maybe Randall will choose to share them with him just off camera. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right, so there are a couple of things that I have to touch on. um, And... For, I mean, this episode really comes down to perspective, and there, there, there is a point where a lot of a lot of what is said between um, Randall and Kevin is I just I don't see it that way. Um, I don't see it the way that you do. That that phrase is uttered at least three or four times in this episode. I mean, Teen Kevin uses it when uh, Randall calls him out for being rude to the cab driver mm-hmm. um, or uh, when he, when he doesn't see his own, um, his own foibles when it comes to his recognition of what is going on uh, or um, even Randall says it when Kevin talks about how he's struggling in LA as a teen. And, and, and even later on in the episode between the older Kevin and Randall, I don't see it that way or I don't see, I don't see it that 
that perspective the way that you do. That phrase is uttered at least three or four times. And that is the foundation for this whole episode. It's, it's about perspective. And you may think what you're saying is true, and it might be true to you, but it's not necessarily true to the other person. It, it requires communication. Uh, even Randall as a teen saying, uh, you know, I understand getting all of the, uh, uh, getting all of your furniture off the street, but did you have to bring in trash for your painting too? Like, and Kevin denies that perspective. Oh yeah, it's just a friend, a friend. I just took it, you know, whatever. And then he actually has to communicate the fact that it's his perspective. It's his reality. That in and of itself is a real representation. That's the value of these flashbacks. It's not just seeing what Kevin does wrong, but it's also showing you how Randall assumes things about Kevin as well. Mm-hmm. Really important um, to notice that theme, that notice that through line, uh, because it, it gives you more perspective as a viewer. Speaking of perspective, Mary, let's talk about the end. And your first question to me after the episode was over was, what does Randall oh. seeing his real birth parents mean? Yes. What is your interpretation, Mary, of what Randall sees in his ghost kingdom for his real birth parents and no Rebecca and Jack and the rest of his family? I feel like the way that I interpreted Randall's dream at the end was that because he's been able to unload himself a little bit and open up to Kevin about some of these hardships that he's had in his relationship with him, that the shackles on his ghost family have been lifted a little bit so that he can control it. Obviously it's not that he wants to replace Jack and Rebecca in his mind, but this is somewhere that his mind goes. And a lot of people do have, um, just different realities that we make for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, particularly those who've suffered trauma and you can often go there in your dreams. And it's something that I talk to our, our little lad a lot about how you can control some of your dream. Like if you sit there and as you're falling asleep, you tell yourself like, I'm going to think about this. I'm going to try this out. Part of me wonders if that's what Randall did that night. Like, okay, I've gone through a lot. What if I want to spend more time with my birth parents, the ones that I really know? Sure. Can I do that? Can I can I tweak this? And because he's been able to start to work through some of the pain that he has with Kevin, maybe he's able to. So how about you? How did you feel about it? Yeah, I looked at it as though it's the path to not feeling guilt over his ghost kingdom anymore. Um, the path of self-awareness and understanding that his ghost kingdom is okay. And like when he said, Kevin, do you know I had this thing and I couldn't Mm -hmm. even picture it without you guys. Mm -hmm. You know how rare, how rare that is because I felt guilty. Yeah. And he no longer feels guilty. Perhaps he feels guilty because he, he himself isn't doing enough to help educate his family. Yeah. Uh, maybe he himself hasn't done enough because he just simply didn't know what to do. And now that this thing has started, this pathway has started, that guilt no longer hovers. You know, it's, it's an acceptance of, wow, I, I did this. Mm-hmm. 
And it's okay. It's okay that he doesn't picture Jack and Rebecca and Kate and Kevin and as part of his ghost kingdom. It's okay to do that. Yeah. It's his. It's his world. And here's another thing. He knows who his parents are. He knows like his birth parents, right? It's not even necessarily a ghost kingdom anymore. It's he knows who they are. Mm-hmm. He has an experience with them and he and he has a real physical experience with William and he has more of a spiritual emotional experience with Laurel and to see them both together with him it was a remarkable moment. It mm-hmm. was it was well written and it was well acted and the happiness of it all. Uh there's nothing wrong with oh having gosh, this that, ghost kingdom. That 5-year-old Randall he is so stinking oh. cute. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want yes. to spend all the time with kindergarten big three. Yes. They're so preschool big three. <laughs> They're Sign awesome. me up. Oh um, my gosh, I love them. We a little awkward. I felt a little awkward with Daniel Tiger. Why? I don't know. I just felt a little tad, a little awkward. It's just a kid talking to You weren't to him. a Mr. Rogers kid. I you mean, don't I, get it. I wasn't a huge Mr. Rogers kid. Yeah. There was no distinction. You either were or you weren't. <laughs> what kind of a kid were you? I was a Transformers kid. No, when you were like four. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. What? I don't remember. I, I, what I, would you watch? Did you watch Sesame Street? Uh, I was also big into Sesame I'm Street. I'm sure I watched Sesame Street. I'm Who was sure your I favorite watched... character? Mine was Big Bird. Of course, yours was a Big Bird. Um, Running around with Snuffleupagus. I think mine might have been Animal. No, that doesn't count because he was a muppet. He's a muppet. Yeah, there you go. You see, that shows you how much. That shows you how much I know about about. Uh, oh my god! About about. Uh, you probably didn't watch it because your sisters were like ten years older than you. So yeah, you so I didn't told you watch. I was a Transformers kid. I watched shows that were older than probably what I should have been watching. So you missed out on the miracle of Mister Rogers when we watched the doc. Did you watch the documentary with me? No. Oh, okay, that was no. like one of my one a.m. insomnia. <laughs> moments oh man here's something though that even though um randall has i i I think embarked on this pathway that is somewhat guilt-free for his ghost kingdom again mary we still have a, a, a lot of tension to get to especially as it relates to rebecca and her treatment and what randall had done he manipulated her. Well, like, there has to be some kind of payment for that. Well, I think that Kevin and Randall are beginning their journey onto one of the best bits of marriage counseling that Blake and I ever had. Like, literally, this was it. The problem is the problem. Mm-hmm. The partner isn't the problem. That if you're coming from a place of love and you want to be with each other and you're in this relationship... You need to tell yourself the problem is the problem. The partner isn't the problem. So even today, for example, Blake and I were supposed to uh, trade cars and meet up and things just weren't happening at the same time. And as we could have just butted heads and been like, you said you'd do this. Well, you didn't answer the phone as easily as we could have done that. We took a step back and we said, okay, obviously our communication was off. The problem was lack of proper communication. It wasn't shame on you, Blake, you're bad, or shame on you, Mary, you didn't answer the phone. It was communication was the problem. So what I'm hoping is that as Randall moves forward with his siblings, particularly about this problem with Rebecca, the problem is Rebecca's health. The problem 
is this situation. The problem isn't Kevin or isn't Randall or isn't Kate, even though she really isn't like weighing in on this. The mm-hmm. problem isn't those two. The problem is Rebecca's health. So they need to figure out how to address that problem in a healthy way. And sure. I think that they're going to. And maybe they maybe they believe that. The problem is the problem. The partner isn't the problem. <laughs> Speaking of Rebecca, by the way, she has been missing a lot for from this season, obviously because Mandy Moore is super pregnant and has recently given birth. And uh, it was she even gave birth during this little break uh, that they had uh, a couple of weeks ago. So she has been... Her absence has been, I think, pretty evident in the storytelling. Mm-hmm. But the way that she was in, like, even the way they have shot her um, in Manny Moore, like the way that she has been in, even when she is included in the shots and the scenes, it's like, you know, standing away from the camera or, you know, chest up or whatever. But the way that they shot her and her inclusion in this episode in Randall's Ghost Kingdom was spectacular. Agreed. It was spectacular because like there's nothing <laughs> you, you said it yourself the way that Jack does his special treatment like okay you know it's okay hey this thing happens people get mixed up all the time but you know maybe maybe you know he really loves Mr. Rogers maybe he could get a special speak you know special seat wink wink nudge nudge like alright yeah you messed up give my kid a good seat. Mm-hmm. Um or you know, or even the way that Rebecca has treated Randall in the past, it has been a place of love, you know. And Randall even says it that, it, that he just wanted to blend in. It, it, he didn't want to be othered. He didn't want to be the other. But he was treated that way. Having Mandy Moore in this episode, the way that she was, was pretty powerful because she too is nothing but love and inclusion and wanting to do the right thing, even though that some of her actions may be misguided or misinterpreted or done in the, in a way that isn't a hundred percent proper. But that, that notion of, Hey, come with me, come with us, come sit down. Uh, I loved that part, that okay. portion. That was really, really excellent. Um, finally, we, I think have, the the real reveal at the end where when Kevin says, "Yeah, you know, like you're my black brother," and I wanted to take you down a notch because, you know, you were treated special. Do you think that's something he recognized in that moment, or is that something that was he knew all along and couldn't admit to it? Like when he first started the conversation, and he says, "Okay, here we go." Do you think that's something he knew, or that's something he? he came to a conclusion of as the, as the conversation. I took it as he came to the conclusion fully during this conversation that he hasn't actually taken the time to deeply figure out what it was until now. Sure. I think I, I, think I would agree with you. Um, and it's the honesty between the both of them that makes this come together uh, as an episode and as a conversation, I think. Um, having both of them admit fault in their own way and being honest with each other. That, f- that moment between the two when they finally embrace and, mm-hmm. and, then there's the, and then there's the single tear and the whole thing. That last 15 minutes was spectacularly written. Agreed. You know, they, 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 they apologize to each other three specific times. Um, 
about one thing or, or the next. And um, having that catharsis by the end, even though it's not a full catharsis, it's only partial, but still, it, I think it allows the story to move forward and get into what is now going to be the final three episodes of This Is Us Season Hashtag 5. Hashtag final three. Uh, oh, for season five. For, yeah. Yeah, for season five. I'm not actually trying to make it a hashtag. <laughs> Whenever there's just three with this show, it makes me happy. Did, um, did you believe Kevin when he honestly, when he was saying at the beginning, like, he really was apologizing? Like, do you think he really honestly believed it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, he, I think he honestly did mean it. It's just... He didn't know what else there was. Yep. Right? That's how I took it. That he truly, honestly was sorry. And Randall's like, yeah, but you still don't see. Yeah. Let's take off those rose-colored glasses so you can see. Yes. What you really need to be apologizing for. And, but but then again, even Randall's, I don't think he even understands what where it needs to go either. Like, it's, it's not just let's take off rose-colored glasses. It's... Man, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know. How do you even have this conversation? How do you, he says it in the preview. Where does it begin? Where does it end? Like, how, how do you maneuver this conversation? And that's why this episode was so spectacular because it literally says right in the beginning, here we go. And at the end, when the, when the truth is finally out, I feel like this was a great moment for this show when Randall says, the world can't say the ugly thing, but we can. We can do it. It's meant for the brothers, absolutely. But it's also meant for the show. It's meant mm-hmm. for the show to say to its viewers, if you're a smart viewer, like if you're engaging with our show, you know what? The rest of the world can't say it, but we can here. We can have an understanding between us as actors and creators, directors, and an audience and say – this is what it is. It's ugly. Mm-hmm. Hurts. But we're all here together. We can say it with each other. I fi- Those two moments. Here we go. And let's say the ugly thing. It, chef's kiss. Like, thank you, Kay. Thank you, John Dorsey. Thank you, everybody. Oh, man. Man. Excellent stuff. Truly. Uh, just awesome. All right. Get anything else you want to say about this episode? I loved it. I loved it. And I loved being there with them and being in the hard, thick, sticky grossness and just having the girls come home at the end. Yeah. Right. And then having that moment, the, the, all of the moments of tension being ramped up in, in it's very specific, like how it's, how it's written. They have that very specific moment of tension in, in the house. And then it's like, I got to take a, I got to take a, some air. They go outside, the doors locked, tension deflates. You know, or or it maybe even even rises because the I door said it's is rising. Locked. Like, are you kidding? I'm stuck here. Now we got to do this mm-hmm. outside, and then they go to the lady's house, and then the tension deflates, and then they're talking about Robert De Niro and the movie and Stallone and how the movie sucks, and then they're walking back. The te- they, they finally get back in the house, and the tension rises back up again, uh, only for it to de- to deflate when you get into the, all the flashbacks, and then it rises back up again when there's real. There's real trauma being confronted. Uh, and then it ramps back down again with the embrace, embrace, tears, girls come into the house, and then we're talking about Uncle Kevin and doing all the fun stuff and dinner. Really expertly written, truly. 
All right, uh, ready for some in or out, Marvin? Sure. Let's do it. I want to remind you guys that in or out is brought to you by you. Jointhenerdclan.com. Please go to jointhenerdclan.com. Support Mary and I there, and you'll get a whole ton of great benefits. Like recently, I was the Minute with Mary model, where Mary did a very special Minute with Mary look on me. And only members that join the nerdclan.com got to see that live. It's still there. I am in women's makeup for eternity now. It's on the internet forever. It's not women's makeup. It's, it's just, just makeup. makeup. Okay, sure. Whatevs. It's just makeup. And I'm in it. And I got I got eyeshadow and foundation. It was it was a lot of good time. You looked really good. I did look good. I was very Adam Lambert. Mm-hmm. Um, I was even going to say maybe very David Bowie, but I was not as flashy as David no, Bowie. No, I'd say Adam Lambert. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of fun. And of course you have all the other great benefits too, like, uh, premium podcasts and bonus episodes of podcasts that we do and including the after doc show, which we will be doing after this podcast live at join the So go there. If you're watching us live now, go to join the join it, be a member. Don't miss out on all the fun. Trust me. You want to be there. All right, Marvin, let's do it. Shall we? Yes, we shall. If my button would work. Come on, Button. What's it going to be, McFly? Are you in or out? All right. In or out on drinking cereal milk. Hmm. I'm lactose intolerant. Um, so that's my answer. <laughs> so that's a hot out. <laughs> Stop. I'm in. I'm in on drinking the cereal milk, especially Cocoa Pebbles cereal milk. I'll even go as far as saying frosted flakes. However, it's got to be an immediate thing. You can't just you can't just let it dilly dally. You got to got to drink it immediate. Like Beth walked away from her cereal milk so long that Randall's like, okay, I'll just throw this away. They're done. No, no, it's got to be immediate. Can't you can't just let it sit. It's gross when it sits. Ew. Like warm milk with. I mean, milk in general. Ew. With soggy freaking cereal in it. Nope. Coming out. from a cow's boob. <laughs> <laughs> ew. All right. In or out on hot pockets. In. I was in like when I was like 17 and I was playing endless hours of like Splinter Cell and drinking Mountain Dew. Yeah. I'm kind of out on Hot Pockets now. I'm not I'm not in on Elio's Pizza. I feel like Elio's Pizza was like my 16, 17 year old days. Mm-hmm. I don't want that ever again. No, I'm out on that. But I could do a Hot Pocket now. Oh, man. I, and you know what happens inevitably always is you burn your mouth and you can't taste food for the next week. You have to just get it out of the container and cut it in half so it can cool from the middle. Ugh, I, th- I think I'm out. I think I'm out. All right, in or out on vodka? On vodka? Yep, vodka. That's what they were That's what they were pre-gaming with. They were taking all those shots. I'm out. I'm out on vodka, too. Yeah. I, like, I'm in on a good martini, but like to just rip vodka? No, no. I'm in on pomegranate martinis. Yes, you are. <laughs> but I'm kind of out on vodka, especially the bad vodka where it just smells and tastes like rubbing alcohol. Yeah, I think I had too much of that in college. I would agree. Someone made like a punch in a bathtub that I drank way too much of. <laughs> <laughs> and it stained their tub pink. I did. A, I made a bad mistake in college where I had a whole glass of vodka and I was like, oh, dude, I'll just put Kool-Aid in it. It'll be fine. So I took a whole thing of Kool-Aid, like not a whole thing, but like, you know, the packets of Kool-Aid uh-huh. and I put it just in straight vodka. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'll drink this. And it was like the worst thing ever. It was gross. That was not thought out well. No, it was not thought out well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, in or out on leaving keys with your neighbor. I'm down. I'm in for it because I lock myself out so much. <laughs> out. 
I don't want my neighbor having my keys. And this is why we have like a number keypad because that was the reasoning. Blake was like, we're not trusting our neighbors with this. It's <laughs> not doing it. So we're just going to have a number keypad. I love my neighbors. You guys know who you are. I know you listen. I love you. You're amazing. I'm not giving you my keys to my house. <laughs> I would have. Although our neighbor did help me out once. He gave me a ladder so I could get into our house because we locked ourselves out. How did we lock ourselves out then? Uh, I don't remember how we locked ourselves out. Yeah, you had to climb in. I had to, I had to climb in my window. We lock ourselves out way too often. <laughs> You saved me on that day. Uh, all right, in or out, I was going to say, but you already said it, but in or out on Mr. Rogers. Wicked in. I, I'm in on Mr. Beautiful Rogers. Day in the neighborhood. I love, I love the, uh, the, the, the message that he gives to kids. I'm in on Mr. And Rogers. And the whole concept that it's like, just chill. It's not like flashy Transformers in your face, like boom, boom, pow, pow, like animated crazy stuff. He's just, he tackles hardcore issues. Yes, he does. And did, did. Yeah. And it's just like so chill. Yeah, and he's just like talking about divorce and like mm-hmm. love and anger and mm-hmm. feeling all those things. And it's okay to feel your feelings. Like yeah. really important for kids to feel those things. Yep. All right, going uh, in a route on going out to parties at 10 p.m. Used to be down for it. Oh. I would nap from six to nine, wake up and do my hair and makeup and then go party. Right now it is 9.32 I'm ready for bed. And I took a pre-podcast nap. <laughs> Those days are gone. Out. Oh my gosh. Out. Especially after the pandemic. Like who's going to be partying at 10? Probably a lot of people. All of this, all of like the, the Gen Zers, they're, they're all going to be partying. I was reading an article where it was, um, it was like saying like it was New York is going to be the new, um, what's it, what was it called? It was like the slut summer or something. Like, I forget what it was. Like, it was like what? all these Gen Zers are calling it the slut summer of 21. What does that even mean? Like, there's going to be some hooking up. That's what people do anyway. But like 10 times the amount of what would normally happen because everyone has been cooped up for the past year. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you know what? What? Good for them. They haven't been able, they're just going to make up for lost time. Think about all the people they would have hooked up for a whole year. And now you don't have that. So go do it all in three months. Go for it. Just pick a flavor of the day. Try it out. Doesn't float your boat. Pick someone else next day. Everyone's telling us it's It's like uh, speed dating. It's either hoe season or hot girl summer. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Hoe season, hot girl summer, all the same. I'd be down. What do you mean you'd be down? If I was like 22. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I understand. Yeah. 23. I'd yeah, have sure. hot girl summer. Yeah, sure. Why not? Honestly, just do it safe. Yeah. But like, whatevs. Make up for lost time. <laughs> Get, you got a quota. You got to taste the rainbow. You t- <laughs> <laughs> See what's happening, what man. <laughs> you got to taste the you got to meet all different types of people. Oh, man. Mary, you're... you're... You might like a musician one day. You might like a bus driver the next day. Go for it. Go for it, Gen Z. I'll stay here watching Curse of Oak Island till I fall asleep. Like, I still haven't found the dang treasure. (laughs) Hey, we got wood. We got more wood. It's great, right? Love the wood. Yeah. No, where's the gold? Where? What's the guy, Dan Blake? Where's the spendables? <laughs> Do you find my boat down there? <laughs> Guy's great. All right. Uh, in or out on cabs? In. Out on cabs. Okay. Don't like cabs. Okay. I'm more of an Uber guy now. 
Okay. Far better. Cabs, no good. I like cabs in New York City. Why do you? It's like the worst cab experience ever. I don't know. It's like a. It's like a ride. It's like a ride at Six Flags. Hold on tight, Spider Monkey. <laughs> you just don't know. Remember the one cab that we got in when it was in uh, Chicago? See, that's not a New York City cab. That's a Chicago cab. And his GPS was the Cookie Monster. <laughs> that's. And it took us, like, instead of just going on the direct road, it took us through neighborhoods. So every three seconds, take a laugh at the stop sign. Um, nom, nom, nom. In 100 feet, take a right. Um, um, um. Parked vehicle up ahead. Be careful. Um, nom, nom. Pol- police reported up ahead. Do you think they want a cookie? Because uh, uh, uh. it does say that. Cabbies should not have that. That was an Uber. That wasn't a cab. Uh, no, it was a cab. It was no, not an Uber. Wasn't. It wasn't. Was, it was a cab. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Remember, because we couldn't get an Uber, the cabs were driving by. So the we took a cab. driving by there? Yeah. Okay. Because we were at the hotel, remember? The hotel. It was at the airport. When we were watching Oak Island. And they would only let the cabbies. And the next day we went to the movies to go see <laughs> the Downton Abbey movie. <laughs> All these people at this wedding were, they might be Gen Z's. No, they're millennials. No, they're millennials. millennials. Yeah, they were millennials. Um, oh, they were the... all out wicked partying. Oh. And Blake and I instead were watching Curse of Oak Island on the History Channel. And then the next day went to go see Downton Abbey the movie <laughs> at a matinee. We were like, you know. We Mary, lived it up in Chicago, guys. At, 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 at the time, Mary and I were what? We were like 36, 37 I can't uh-huh. remember. We were, but whatever. We Listen, were. There's we were been a pandemic. And, I don't know. And anything. all of those people at that wedding at that time were probably in their mid twenties. Yeah, maybe late twenties at most. And Mary and I were, we were like, man, we're old. We can't. We can't go drinking all night like this. We can't go. Like we spent all day, all night drinking at the wedding, and then they were like, yeah, we're gonna go to some casino. Do you want to come? And blah blah blah. I'm like, no. <laughs> no way. All right. Next up, uh, in or out on cutting sandwiches diagonally. That's the only way. No, it's not the only way. I'm out on it. Out. Give me a straight cut. We'll have to ask the kids what they prefer. That's fine. I'm asking you what you prefer in a row. I'm a diagonal. <sighs> nope. Nope. Straight. Straight cut. Boring. <laughs> in or out on fake IDs. Out. I'm kind of out on it too. Did you have one? I did not have one, though I was I was given one multiple times when I went to Providence College. Oh. Because oh, that's yeah. what you did. Of course you would there. <laughs> that's what you did. All right, in or out on the Golden Globes. Out. I'm out on the Golden Globes too. I'm out on all award shows. Um no, I kinda like the the pageantry of the Oscars. Like I think there's there's an inherent fun well, there's an inherent pageantry about it that I enjoy. But the Golden Globes, I'm just kind of out on it. I just think it's all a bunch of baloney. You like what you like, and you don't need to listen to this. And let's be real. like The people who are generally voting on this stuff are idiots. Well, especially for the Golden Globes, because they don't release who their members are. And a lot of the times, it's, N- it's NBC is in charge of the Golden Globes, and they're the ones who run it. And it's considered like the run-up to the Oscars. And people make donations to the donations to the Golden Globes all the time. Like there was a huge donation made for that show, Emily in Paris. And then all of a sudden it just so happens to win a whole bunch of Golden Globes. Yeah, it did not deserve to win. I watched no. it. It was fantastic in a fun, I'm having insomnia issues, 1 a.m. Not worth a Golden Globe. Uh, I would agree. 
Uh, all right. Uh, so that is it for the in or out. Wanted to remind everybody here that the next episode of This Is Us is coming May 11th. Not next week, May 11th. And we have three episodes left. So, Marvin, here's the question for you. This episode, this season was originally supposed to be 18 episodes long. It will only be 16 episodes long. Do you think they will include the next two episodes in the following season? No. They're just going to keep going with the You get what you get and you don't get upset. This is COVID year. You, this is what they had time for. This is what they were allotted. This is what they could do. I don't think they're going to say, let's tack on two more. For next season? No. I mean, let's just let's just hold on tight, Spider Monkeys, okay? We're not out of the woods yet. Let's be real. We got some weird variant things going on. That's true. We got that some is... weird stuff. Just just knock on some wood. Let's just be thankful for what we've got. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. That's that. All right, ready to close this bad boy out? I am. Let's do it. Let's close you it out. You didn't do any hot takes. Oh, that's right. I didn't do a hot you got a hot take? No. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> I wasn't you prepared. wrote a hot take. Or I something. did. I, I know it's it's part of the it's part of the 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 template I have. It doesn't um, make any sense to me. Okay. Um, then never mind. No hot takes. Oh man, I don't have a hot take. I'm not prepared. I didn't think of it. That's okay. We don't need to have one. All right. Let's close out the show. Let's do it. Oh no! Ooh, look at you voting for Sam Hewen for the best single tier. <laughs> no. And not even knowing it. Did a Talk about a show that's been snubbed by the Globes. <laughs> I do hope that Madison has something Outlander fan related in her house. Oh, here's a hot take. I will not take responsibility for this, but this is a hot take for those of you who have not yet seen it. Oh, hold on. I got to play the hot take sound. Here's a hot take for you. Remember how we were talking about Nikki is going to end up with the, uh, with the girl that from that, that he met in the, in the past. And then he went away and Sarah, was it Sarah? I think no. it was Sarah. Dog girl. Dog girl. Yeah. Van girl. Dog van girl. Dog van. Van. van dog van girl. Uh, nerds, call out to the nerds. Who was the girlfriend in, in the one small step? It was like a simple name. I think it was Sarah. It was like a classic name, like um, a little house in the prairie name. Well, anyway, people are saying that um, obviously he's going to meet uh, Sally. Sally there. was the name. Thank you. Uh, that he's going to be back up with her later on. And but remember. Do you remember the season four finale when we met the guy with the horse and his daughter? Yep. And he was the he was the vet or whatever it was. Who are they? Mm-hmm. A hashtag who are they? Well, Sally what loved animals. And they are thinking that the the guy that was the the, the doctor is actually Sally and Nikki's kid. Okay. And, and that the girl, the little girl that's running around is Nikki's granddaughter. Okay. And that um, he, you know, has a family that he doesn't even know about. What What do you think Nikki's doing right now with Madison? What games would Nikki and Madison be playing? Battleship? What do you mean? They're home alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who? 
Oh. What do you think Nikki and Madison would do together aside from take care of the two twins? I mean, they do have the nanny. You know, what was the game that you played it as 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 a little girl where like you had the credit card and you went to the mall and you did the shopping? I forget, and I the fact that you know that game cracks me up. I, what was the name of that game, nerds? What was the name of that game? Um. Oh my God, what was the name of that game? It was like. It was like called. It was like the shopping mall or something. Or oh my goodness! But that's definitely what they're playing. Okay. Mall madness. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Heather and Rachel. Yes, mall madness. Nikki's like, so do you have any cards? Got any games that we could do to kill some time? Uh, yeah, I think I have a game. <laughs> it's mall madness. <laughs> hey, you got any movies or anything? Yeah, I got some like Japanese films. You want to watch that? <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. Love it. I can imagine them. Imagine Nikki playing Mall Madness. What the hell do I do with this credit card? I did a stupid Maybe thing. She got some. Got him into anime. <laughs> Bonnie says she still has. She still has Mall Madness. See, see, I'm telling you, Madison will have that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, now let's actually close this episode out, shall okay. we? Thank you all so very much for tuning in. Sorry if I was a little snacking and a little off today um i fell down the stairs last week and turns out i sprained my mcl didn't even know what that was until this week fun fact but um, i'm in tons of pain so it stinks i started pt today i didn't realize pt made you hurt more thanks a lot lady (laughs) the heck you're supposed to heal me lady she was like this is gonna hurt and i was like why am i here why am i giving you money this is bad I was like Buddy the Elf when he has alcohol. The, no, when he, when he has oh, the, the, the fruit spray. The, the, fruit the passion spray. fruit spray. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry if I've been out of it. I've had boo-boos. My name's Mary. My name's Blake. And this is us too. <laughs>